Welcome to Conservation Unfiltered, a podcast all about the North American model of conservation and your chance to dive into conversations about trends, research, and outdoor activities. It's time to get wild with the 2021 Conservation Media Award-winning host, Jason Creighton. did um, this bunny with skull that isn't smoking. There's no pipe, it's just the bunny skull. And I jokingly said, oh my gosh, we should call it the death bunny, thinking that nobody was gonna like that. He was like, that's perfect. Welcome back to another episode of the Conservation Unfiltered podcast presented by Conserve the Wild. I'm your host, Jason Creighton, and this is episode number 105, Living the Bushcraft Life. Today, I'm going to be talking with Heather Salisbury. Heather is the owner and co-founder of PNW Bushcraft, and that's a company that makes handcrafted outdoor gear out of wax canvas, and they're also working to encourage more people to get outside. We're going to talk about all kinds of things, how they make their products, what is wax canvas, uh, and why they feel it's important to help other people get outside to do outdoor activities. So let's get right to it and start talking to Heather. Before we keep going, a real quick question for you. Are you concerned with urban sprawl? Are you concerned with the threat of our increased human presence as put on wildlife and wild spaces? If so, an easy next step for you to try to help with this situation is to visit our Patreon page and become a monthly supporter. If you like this podcast, if you would like to help form a new nonprofit that helps combat and mitigate the effects of urbanization, visit patreon.com slash conserve the wild. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash conserve the wild. Go visit today and become a sponsor. On the line today, another wonderful guest I can tell from our pre-interview conversation, Heather Salisbury. Heather, how are you doing today? I am doing amazing. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, as I mentioned when we were talking before I hit record, uh, I'm all about supporting people who support people getting into the outdoors. And um, that is something that I feel like you're doing. Uh, so typically, whenever we have people developing companies, you know, creating their company that is outdoor related, it, it doesn't just come out of nowhere, like it stems from something else. So where did that sort of love of the outdoors begin for you? can remember camping with my family um, as far back as I can remember. I mean, my mom and dad used to just put us all in the car, throw in the camping gear and go find a spot on the side of the road. So my love of the outdoors has been lifelong. Is that something that like you continue to do now? You're just like, hey, we're going to head out down the road and just throw the tent in the, in the vehicle and just find a random spot? We did when the kids were smaller, but our kids have grown up and moved out. So it's my husband and I, and we tend to uh, throw the pack on and go for a hike versus go out and stay in the woods. But <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Yeah. You know, for me, you know, growing up in the outdoors was spending a lot of time at our family cabin um, that it it was, it's, we call it camp. It's less camp and more um, almost, I can't say a second home, but like it's, it's nice. We have indoor plumbing, we have electricity. Um, I didn't do a whole lot of tenting, uh, but I did spend, spend, you know, the majority of my days and um, you know, outside in the woods exploring and uh, on state game lands and things like that. And then, you know, at nighttime around the fire, um, you know, it's just, it, it's, I'm always interested to find out like what it was that got people, you know, started and uh, you, like a lot of people, you know, it starts whenever you're younger. Uh, so what were what those passions? Where are those outdoor passions leading, leading you now? Um, well, right now, I'm really excited about introducing other people to the outdoors. We were very fortunate to find our dream property, and we've been here nine years. So we're on 11 acres, and the bottom half of our property, we've turned into a campground. So we host events, and we have people out, and it's just all about sharing knowledge to get people outdoors. That That's cool. So when you're hosting events, like, are you showing people like how to survive when they camp for a couple of days in the wilderness or what, what's the sort of main focus of these events? Um, usually we're sharing skills. So we're not necessarily teaching classes, but everyone is kind of sharing what they're good at or what's been working for them. Um, a lot of it is really involved around sitting around a campfire and just really getting to know people and having a great time. So it's really low key, unpressure kind of thing. But I think when people are in an environment where they don't feel pressured to learn, they, they take up a lot more um, knowledge. And I feel like they learn a lot more because everyone's welcoming. That, that is awesome. So I have to ask if everyone's sharing like what they're good at, what are you good at? What are you sharing? Um, I'm good at being very sociable and making people feel welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, that is, um, that is a, a big part of it, right? Like, as you said, you know, when people aren't pressured to learn, sometimes they learn better. So, um, you know, we need people like you to make them feel comfortable so they can learn that that's great. Uh, I have to ask, as I did my little bit of um, internet stalking, uh, as we talked about, um, to be able to build some questions, uh, you know, and, and sort of figure out how we would sort of move this conversation along. Uh, I came, you know, obviously, you know, as the owner of PNW Bushcraft, um, you know, so I took in the website and, and looked around a little bit. And I was very interested to see that you describe yourself as a vintage style gear lover. Uh, So what is, first, can we define what vintage style gear is? And then what is it that you just love about it? Um, I think of vintage style is, to me, it's gear that you can count on that's been around for years. So um, we collect vintage gear. So we have lots of stuff all over the house. And then we like to be inspired by it to create new products. And for me, it almost brings back a memory, but it also makes me feel like I can rely on something because if I'm, if I've got something that's from the 1940s and the 1950s and it's still working, that's the kind of product that I'm inspired to make. So. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like in direct contrast of 99% of the products that are made today that are made as sort of like throwaway options, right? Like you use it for a set amount of time and then you throw it away because it goes bad and you buy a new one. 
Yeah, and that's exactly what we don't want to do. We want to, well, we are, we're creating gear that we want you to pass on to your kids or your nieces and your nephews. I mean, I have camping gear from my dad and we have vintage gear from my husband's grandpa and we still use the stuff. And every time I pull it out, besides being useful, it just brings back such warm feelings, you know? I don't know. It just makes me happy to use things that other people have used and there's a story and a history behind it. Yeah, no, that's that's great. That um, So what's like the, the one go-to vintage piece of gear that, that you make sure you take every single time that you go out on a hike or, or go out and camp? Well, when we go camping, it's definitely the Coleman lanterns. I just love the Coleman lanterns and my husband's really good at restoring them and keeping them running. So as soon as he starts pumping and you hear that hiss sound and the light comes on, I don't know. It's the ambiance is just amazing. Yeah. It, you know, like I, like I mentioned, our, our cabin has electricity and everything, but we're, we're back, you know, we're, we're not in civilization and uh, per se. So, you know, electricity goes out from time to time and uh, some people, you know, when I'm home and the electricity goes out, it, it's pretty frustrating, you know, because you're so reliant on it. Um, but up there at our cabin, we have some old oil lanterns that, well, we don't have any lights and we're going to, you know, maybe it's raining outside. Well, yeah, typically it's raining or storming, right? That's the reason why the power's out. A tree fell on something. So, you know, pull out those lanterns and put them on the dining room table. And that, like you said, that ambiance, that's, that's sort of, that's nice. That's just a, a, a rustic atmosphere and it sort of brings back old memories for myself. Yeah. And you create new memories. And I think that anytime you're around like lamplight or candlelight, everyone feels cozy and it just is so much warmer. <laughs> and there's great conversation, right? Because there's no electronics, there's no distraction. And I just think people can really get deep when they're, when they're around a good campfire or Coleman lantern. <laughs> no, I agree. So we, so you have this love for the outdoors, you know, it started with, with camping, you like the vintage style gear, and you've already mentioned that you're developing products sort of in that sort of vintage style that you can hand down. Um, and this all comes from PNW Bushcraft. Like, how does, how does that start? Like, how do you decide, like, this is the company that, that we want to make and the kind of products we want to make? Well, it all started because my husband is very crafty and he wanted gear that was going to hold up to the Pacific Northwest weather, you know, because it's damp here all the time. So he started doing a lot of research and wax canvas has been around a really long time and it holds up really well. So he started making um, gear for himself, started sharing it on forums and social media and people were like, can I buy that? <laughs> you know, and, and it just really evolved. Um, I said to him, can I put a few of these pieces on Etsy and see if they sell? And that got the ball rolling. And I was listing and I'd run out and I'd be like, honey, I ran out of product. Can you make some more? And then um, I uh, got laid off from my job and I joined the company full time. And just from there, that was, we just figured out we're celebrating seven years this month. It just evolved. I mean, the more people, the more I worked with Wax Canvas, the more ideas came up and the more products that people were interested in. And so everything's been based on wanting to create a product that we're really proud of. We're really happy to send to you and you're going to be able to rely on it. That's really the core of this company is creating an amazing product that people can rely on. So Wax Canvas, for, for people that might not be familiar with it, because maybe they're buying these newfangled products that are made with, you know, plastics and things of that nature. Well, 
what is wax canvas? Is it as simple as it sounds or is there a little bit more to it? Um, it can be as simple as it sounds. We purchase our wax canvas from a company that's been doing it since the late 1800s. So um, they have a description on their site I don't have in front of me, but it's a, it's a food safe wax canvas process and the um, canvas is embedded. I mean, the wax is embedded in the canvas. And what's really great about wax canvas is it holds up, but depending on how much you use it, you can re-wax it so it continues to hold up. So it starts out almost waterproof and the more you use it, you know, the more you need to retreat it. But I mean, we have pieces of wax canvas backpacks that are from the 1920s. I mean, if you take care of it, it's going to last you. Well, uh, let's talk about that. How, how should, so let's say someone buys one of your products, uh, what should they be doing if it gets a lot of use to, or even if it doesn't get a lot of use, to make sure that it does sort of stand the test of time? Because it, I don't care how well a product is made. If you don't take care of it, um, it's going to fall apart and, and not be something that's long-term. So what can people do to, you know, make sure it lasts to where they can hand it down to their children and, you know, last a hundred years? Well, it's really important with the wax canvas is you really want to put away, well, any of your gear, you want to put away dry. So you want to make sure when you come back from a trip that your gear, your gear is dry before you put it away. And with the wax canvas, you simply have to wipe it off to keep it clean. And on the off chance that it gets really dirty and it doesn't just wipe off, you can use really mild dish soap and water to kind of treat the spots where it's at. And I always um, let people know when the wax canvas starts absorbing the water is when you need to retreat it with um, the wax. And there's a thing called, I believe it's, oh, it's not going to come to me because I'm talking to you, but we make a wax and you can purchase a wax to re-wax your wax canvas so that you can keep it in great shape. Okay. Um, so when, when I was perusing the website, there are a ton of different products that I'm sure, you know, got slowly built up. What are you know, just a couple of the products that seem to be, you know, good sellers or, or maybe even some new products that you've released recently? Well, that's funny you should ask because we did just release two new products. But uh, let me tell you some of the most popular products are we create a forging bag that snaps on and off your belt. Um, that was one of our original products and we offer them in leather and canvas and all wax canvas. So those are super popular because they're like an extra pocket. So originally they were, um, to be collecting tinder and foraging, but people use them on the beach, on the farm. They're just like a universal great product. Um, another very popular product is our cedar bucket bag. It was originally developed for your cook set and your backpack. So it, it's a big bucket bag with outside pockets. And um, I just got pictures, somebody's using it for their crochet. I mean, you can use it for paintbrushes, carving tools. It's just a really well-made sturdy bag. So tell us about the, the new products you just, um, you just released. I actually just saw, I think today, uh, when we were <laughs> recording this on Facebook, a, a video that was, that was posted up. So uh, tell us about those new products. Okay. Um, we just released this month uh, the maple pocket knife roll. So um, we have a few pocket knives here, new and vintage. And uh, my husband said it would be a great idea to create a roll that Hold your pocket knife. So that's one of our new products. And then we just got back from a, a trip to Blade Show, which is a knife show that was in California. And he thought of a product for your everyday carry. 
So he designed a tray that holds your knife and your pen and the stuff you stick in your pocket. And then you can also open it up and turn it into a little tray to hold all that stuff when it's not in your pocket. So um, people seem to really like that one. Yeah, that was actually the video that I saw today. And I thought, man, that that's actually really cool. Um, it, how do these ideas come about? Is it just from, you know, you're out hiking or um, some, you know, you decide like, oh man, it'd be cool if I had this or someone else tells you, you know, it'd be cool if I had this, like, how do the, how do you guys develop these new products? Um, both. So my husband is um, always thinking about new things or he's watching to see where there's a need. So he is really great at coming up with new product ideas. Um, also our customers are really awesome. They reach out about custom stuff. And if it's a product that I think others will like, I just ask them. I mean, if I design this and make this, can I offer it for sale? And our customers are amazing. And they're always like, of course you can. I mean, um, it's really cool. So I do a lot of the design work because I'm the one in the shop doing the cutting and the sewing, but a lot of the idea work comes from other people and my husband. That's cool. I actually, uh, I'm a little disappointed because earlier this summer, uh, I was in the market for a couple different things and I decided wax canvas was the way to go. And I purchased a couple things, but they weren't exactly what I was looking for. And then as I'm looking at the site now, uh, today, I was like, oh man, like that, that is exactly what I was looking for. Um, the one product was a tray that I, I just couldn't find one that had what I was looking for. So I ended up going with a leather one that didn't break down. Um, and then, uh, like I said, as I look at the website, I see this nice little tray with these snaps that, that can roll up and fold up. And I'm like, man, um, I might have to figure out how to get my hands on one of those now. <laughs> you could put it on your Christmas wish list. <laughs> yes, yes, we will do that. Uh, okay, so in the in all the the, the product lists, they're there. I, I scrolled through a bunch of them and, and and was just sort of checking out all the different stuff as I mentioned. And one of the products is the Death Bunny Crew. And I have to ask, what is the Death Bunny Crew? Okay, so. Um, there is a smoking rabbit that um, is a tale that goes around in the outdoor community. And it's, a, it's about a rabbit being so confident in his skills that he just sits there smoking the pipe, even though the panther is circling him. Um, so we had a smoking rabbit um, design my husband did that he was carving into leather and stuff. And then we wanted to, he wanted to design something new. So he did um, this bunny with, skull that isn't smoking there's no pipe it's just the bunny skull and i jokingly said oh my gosh we should call it the death bunny thinking that nobody was going to like that he was like that's perfect so <laughs> the death bunny was created and um we decided we really wanted to start a community where people could help us with products people could meet each other they could chat we could set up gather you know get togethers and that kind of thing so I decided to call that community the Death Bunny Crew because I think of a crew as a group of people that get together to accomplish something. So, and Death Bunny's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, when if someone would decide to be part of the Death Bunny Crew, like, well, other than those get-togethers, like, is there anything other, anything else that they sort of get sort of fringe benefits? 
Oh, absolutely. So they get priority on our custom order list. Like if they want a custom product, they get bumped to the top. They get um, priority shipping on all their orders. They will be a part of I, doing member spotlights on the people that are a part of our community. And they also will get um, first dibs on new products. And they will also get to be um, once a year, I'm doing like a sale of imperfect stuff. So it's like a second sale, but they'll get access to that too. Oh, that I, I like that idea of, of the imperfect stuff um, <laughs> that that ten, tends to be right up my alley. Uh, th this is man, I'm OK. This <laughs> this just got very uh, got to be a very expensive conversation for me because I've, I have a feeling I'm going to be perusing your website for a while and, and filling up my cart very full. All right. So one of the one of the big reasons that I wanted to have you on is because you're using this company as a way to entice other people to get outside, right? And to experience the outdoors. Um, part of that, you know, I feel like historically, a lot of the outdoor enthusiasts, it's been very male dominated, but we've seen a huge increase in women, um, you know, enjoying the outdoors over the last, you know, 20, 30 years, and it's really increased re more recently. Why is it important for more women to be involved in the outdoors? Well, I think that the outdoors are incredibly, um, I feel like they refill your soul. I don't really know how to, how to word it, but I think when you go out into nature, everything just seems to balance out and your worries just fall away. And it's so therapeutic just to get outside. And when it comes to, um, not just being in nature, but like people camping and going on hikes, the accomplishment of doing something like that feels so good. And for me, it's really important to encourage women to get outside, but I also just want to encourage women to learn in a safe and positive environment. Um, when I was talking to some of my my lady friends, they were saying they wanted to learn these new skills, but they, they just didn't want to ask the questions and they didn't want to look silly. And so that's why I think it's so important to take the stigma away of um, the outdoors being male dominated. So I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission. <laughs> I, I, that is a great mission. And, you know, there's a lot of conservation organizations right now that are developing programs specifically for women to get into shooting sports and hunting and fishing and things like that, where it's it's a woman led, you know, camp or um, hunt or, you know, woman led class type thing. And the idea being from what I understand is that it, it's to make the, the women for whenever they're coming out and participating to feel a little bit more comfortable. So I'm assuming you're sort of trying to take that, that same approach. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people feel so much better when they're in an environment where they're not going to be judged. And I feel like I feel like when it comes to the outdoors, when women want to learn a new skill, they just don't want to learn how to do it. They want to learn how to master it. So they, so they need that time to get the skill, practice the skill, and really feel like it's something that they can feel confident doing somewhere else. And I don't know, based on the conversations I've had, a lot of people just don't know where to start. So, you know, just the basics are where people need to learn stuff. So that that's awesome. Uh, so part of that too, then I guess is trying to get the sort of next generation of outdoor enthusiasts out there, um, you know, and experiencing it. So how do we go about teaching them? Like, how do we entice them to come out with us? How do we entice them to experience 
um, what I describe as a, a reset, you know, spiritually, internally, whatever, uh, whatever way you want to categorize it. But I, I look at it as a reset whenever I go uh, into the outdoors. Um, how do we get them excited about it and, and joining us? Well, I think um, it's really important if anybody shows an interest in being outdoors that you're like, let's go do it. And, and I think that the it has to be small steps. I don't think that people need to go on a two mile hike on their first hike. You know what I mean? Because you're going to feel defeated by the end of that if you're not ready. And I also think it's really important for people to be comfortable. And, and I mean that by any time I've heard somebody's had a bad experience outdoors, it's because they've been tired, hungry, or wet. You know, so if you can eliminate those things right off the bat with anything you do outdoors, you're going to have a much happier person. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be tired or hungry or wet either when I'm outside. <laughs> so that makes sense. You know, I like the fact that you mentioned, you know, baby steps because, you know, the outdoor activities are expensive. You know, the outdoors is so it, 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 it's weird because the outdoors are so accessible, like literally anyone can walk out their house and go outside. Right. But to participate in, in the typical outdoor activities, the gear that you need to keep yourself from being tired and hungry and wet tend to be pretty expensive. So those baby steps are important. We don't want to say like, oh, you want to start, you want to start hiking. Uh, cool. Go buy these $200 pair of pants or pair of uh, boots and $80 pair of pants and $200 backpack and all this freeze dried food. And let's in a tent, you know, that might be a couple hundred dollars and let's go backpack for a weekend uh, on our hike. Right. We, I, I like the fact that you're saying baby steps, like let's start with something small. And then if they, really get into it, they can choose to build to that. Absolutely. I think just exposing yourself because nature can be scary. It really can. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but it can be scary for a lot of people. But I just, um, you know, like if you tell someone, let's go on a picnic, that's nature, that's outdoors, but that does not sound scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, you know, a, a state park or, you know, even a city park, I mean, there's still, you know, trees and, and it might not be the same outdoor nature that I'm used to being in the big woods of Pennsylvania, but it's still, like you said, that, that baby step of starting that love of the outdoors that hopefully can, can grow and they can choose to get a little more adventurous. Yeah. And I think the outdoors is so great for couples too. Um, we tend to meet a lot of people that come to visit here on the property and it's usually just the husband and not the wife. And um, my husband and I have been married 25 years and one of my favorite things is to be outdoors with him. So I think um, for, again, that comes back to, you know, letting women know that it doesn't have to be scary, that it's, it's easy to do and it's accessible. I think that would be really great for lots of couples if they could do it together. So if there's, if there's someone who is interested in doing something in the outdoors, like what, what would your recommendation be to them? You know, the, how can they start experiencing the outdoors for themselves? Um, well, if they're a solo person, and it's, I think it's really great just to find your local resources in your city. Like you said, there's so many beautiful state parks, even city parks. Um, if they're afraid to go on their own, I know there are lots of great groups on Facebook that are for like beginning hikers, beginning walkers, so that you can be in a community of, of people that you feel comfortable with and make new friends. Um, I personally, if I meet somebody new and they haven't been out in the outdoors, I'm like, let's go. Are you, are you curious? I have 
anything you might need. You just have to join along. I think just letting people know you're available to join them outdoors is so important. Yeah. Um, you know, I come from a, a pretty strong hunting background and, you know, that tends to be the biggest barrier uh, for people to try hunting for the first time is, you know, just the fact that they don't know where to start. Right. So if I, you know, if they seem to express an interest, I'm always like, Hey, why don't you come on a pheasant hunt with me and just walk? You don't even have to buy a license, nothing. I will give you my extra, you know, fluorescent orange vests and hats, and you can just walk and see if you think you might like it, you know, and if they do, then, okay, we can take the next step and that kind of thing. You know, asking someone who's never experienced an outdoor activity, but is showing interest is definitely a great first step because like you mentioned, they just, they don't know where to start. Yeah. And you know, once they're exposed, they're going to love it. <laughs> Boy, you, you would sure think so. I mean, it, unless of course they get tired or hungry or wet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, see, I call that a great experience and think of it as memorable myself, but. <laughs> yeah. The, I've, I've always uh, subscribed to the idea that there are a couple different types of fun you know, and, um, you know, sort of that, that stage zero fun is the one that you think is fun in the moment, you know, riding a roller coaster, but you never really remember it. Um, and then there's, you know, stage two fun where you're miserable the entire time, but you come away with the stories and the experience. And afterwards you're like, you know what? Like, yeah, that was, I was cold. I was, I was wet. I was tired, whatever it was, but it was such a great experience. And you told those stories later on. Oh yeah. It makes much better stories when things don't go your way. <laughs> all right. So give us all a story of a time when you were out and things didn't go your way, but you were like later on, Hey, you know what? That was a good time. I'm glad I experienced it. <laughs> well, um, my husband and I used to be big dual sport riders. We both have Kawasaki KLR 650s. And, um, for our anniversary, we decided to go camping with the motorcycles and, um, we, <laughs> we took a road trip and it was three days and all three days it poured rain. And I don't care how waterproof your motorcycle gear is or your camping gear is, you get wet. I mean, we just kept going from campsite to campsite and setting up and starting a fire and drying out. And then later on putting on our wet gear again, we walked into a restaurant and we were dripping. I was like, I'm so sorry. We just need some coffee and to warm up because it had rained so hard, but. I always remember that trip. We had a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, any listeners are, are sick of hearing my story of driving all the way to North Dakota um, for a pheasant hunt with my father and two dogs and getting there and then finding out a blizzard was on its way and having to turn around and go home. So I'm not going to tell oh. the whole story again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, that was pretty much as bad of a hunting trip as you could possibly have. We didn't even buy licenses. Um, <laughs> but the I tell that story all the time because it's so memorable and, you know, it's just, it, it's one of those stories that I'm never going to forget ever. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Heather, uh, tell everyone how they can get in touch with you, uh, see the different products, uh, get to see some in out, you know, outdoor use of the products and, and be a part of the community. Okay, well, people can check us out. Uh, our website is pnwbushcraft.com. Um, we have all our stuff on there. On Instagram, I am pnwbushcraftshop. 
I show a lot of um, what we're up to, beautiful, beautiful locations. I mean, I just like to share everything because I'm a big photography nerd. And <laughs> um, we also are on Facebook where we like to post events and just keep, keep people updated on Facebook. We are PNW Bushcraft Shop. So. All right. Well, hey, Heather, thank you for this conversation. This was great. I really appreciate you joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It was really nice to chat with another person who's so excited about the outdoors and so excited about our gear. That felt really good. Thank you. And once again, that will do it for another episode. I had a great time talking to Heather. She is an awesome individual. And it's always great for me to see people that uh, start their companies or work for a company that takes an interest and really makes it part of their their mission as a company to inspire more people to get outside. And you can definitely tell uh, when you're talking with Heather that 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 is a core mission. They're they're not they're not joking about it. Um, it it's not just a a PR stunt for them. They really truly want to get as many people outside doing outdoor activities. And that is absolutely wonderful. Now, if you haven't yet checked out BNW Bushcraft, you need to check them out. They have some awesome products. Uh, when we're talking about this wax canvas, uh, it is highly durable. Just as Heather said, there's, there's stuff that if it's high quality made, you know, we always remember the stuff made back, back in the good old days, the stuff that's still around can be used now. They're making those type of products and they have all kinds of different types of products out there uh, for various needs. So definitely check them out uh, and, you know, put it on your Christmas list. There's a reason why I wanted to get Heather on uh, this early in the year. And it's because we need to get some of that stuff on their Christmas list. So make sure you head over to PNW Bushcraft. There's a link in the episode details and click on it, check out their products and, uh, you know, put a couple of those on your Christmas list. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, as you hear in the uh, little ad that runs, find us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the episode details as well. Really appreciate your support and, uh, you know, providing that sort of same mission, right, of, of educating people about the, the positive impacts of the outdoors. And, uh, you know, until next week, do what I always hope you will do. Get outside, take someone else, and stay wild. <laughs>